It's the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast, episode 23. You're a productivity and technology enthusiast, which means that you're managing lots of inboxes. Each time you sign up for a new service, they give you another. But is that a good thing? Or is it just another loose end you need to account for in your weekly review? If it's the latter, then why? In this episode, we tackle the problem of capture points, physical and digital places where potential tasks are sitting, waiting. We'll talk about your need to handle each and every one of them, or else. That is, if you hope to develop a flawless reputation for being on top of all the stuff people send your way, waiting a response and wanting a response. Join me on this solo episode as we explore this challenge that affects every single knowledge worker in the entire world. It happens to be a continuation of episode 21 on capturing. I'm Francis Wade, and welcome to the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast. Welcome back. And if you're brand new to our podcast, let me tell you why this is a little bit different than maybe the other ones that you've heard. Let's start off with a quote from Albert Einstein. He said, if I had an hour to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem and five minutes thinking about solutions. It's a great quote. Because a little bit about the, uh, similar to the approach that we take here. We're going to spend the first part of the show looking at the problem of excess inboxes, different capture points that we need to manage in order to be effective. Once we've done a pretty deep dive, the way Einstein would recommend, then we look at solutions because the idea is that if we take a deep enough dive, then we should come up with some pretty good solutions. But it's a question of the quality of our diagnosis. So let's start with a story. Stacy is a certified project manager. She's also a gadget and app freak who can't resist experimenting with the latest technology, especially if it promises to enhance her productivity. But she's still reeling from a message she read two weeks ago. Her best friend from high school was having a life-saving operation and needed a loan which Stacy could easily afford. She loved this particular friend as the friend bailed her out several times when she needed help and some spare funds. Her friend left her three messages. The first was sent to a social media inbox she rarely used. She missed that one entirely. The second was to her voicemail, which she never checks. A third was sent to the correct email address, but ended up in spam. And the fourth was sent to her via snail mail, physical, a physical letter, to her old address in another state. It was forwarded two weeks later, and it came today. Stacy called her right away. But her friend answered in tears. She was too late. The friend passed away the day before after delaying the surgery in order to raise the funds. There's no way to know if a more timely response would have helped. But even before her mourning is over, she knows, she, Stacy knows, 
what it's like to try and reach someone urgently without luck. She knows it's frustrating. So she decides with only a little touch of guilt and some sadness that this cannot continue. The truth is, a minor version of this happened at work only three months ago. She escaped with only a slight reprimand from her boss. It did lead to her coming in the following weekend to clear out all her work email in one 10-hour binge session. Awful stuff. But where should she start with all of her other digital communication? Another 10-hour binge session or two? Or three, she needs some answers. So how many of you could relate to Stacy? If you're in front of me right now, I'd ask you to raise your hands. Because like Stacy, we have a really tricky time taking care of all these inboxes. So let me define what a capture point is for the purposes of our show today. So. Let me, let me back up a little bit and I'll, I'll, I'll cover some of the stuff that we covered in the episode on capturing, which I believe was episode 21. So the core idea that we focus on here at the ta Task Management and Time Blocking podcast is that of a time demand. That's the core, the core sort of the, 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 the atom of our universe. And a time demand is an individual and internal commitment to complete an action in the future. I'll say that again. It's an internal and individual commitment to complete an action in the future. In other words, it's a kind of a task. It's a variety of tasks. And it's, in a way, it's a promise that you make to yourself. So it's an internal commitment. You promise yourself to do something in the future. So capture points are physical or digital places where time demand, potential or actual time demands sit waiting for us to process them. So an inbox a capture point, no, oh, sorry, an inbox is a particular kind of capture point. So there's two kinds of capture points. There's automatic and there's manual. Okay, so a manual capture point could be a, if you're watching me on video, I'm going to hold up a piece of paper and a pencil. When you write down a time demand in order for you to do it later, you're capturing it, manually capturing it. And up until, what, the mid-1990s, that was, that was the state of the art with respect to capture points. Also, we had physical, physical mail. That was a capture point as well. But since then, since the advent of email and other digital tools, we, we've had asynchronous communication, which has allowed us to set up automatic capture points. So automatic capture points capture incoming potential time demands from anyone in the world. You know, we're so lucky, right? When email first came out, a potential time demand was a, 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 was a great thing. It was a, getting a piece of email meant, oh boy, you felt like you were favored, right? Like you were special. But 
Now, as Stacy realized, we have a challenge managing all of these automatic capture points. Most of them are inboxes, but some of them aren't. There are all these places where other people are sending us potential time demands. Now I say potential because an email that you get from, like the emails that she got from Stacy, were all potential time demands until she actually opened one of them, read the message and then, so for example, she got the, she got the physical mail, the one that came two weeks late, she opened the mail, the potential time demand became an actual time demand as soon as she read it. Psychological shift, right? Because now she had to get on the phone. Time demand was call the friend immediately because this is an emergency. So the potential became actual once she processed the piece of mail, snail mail that was in her physical mailbox. And the same applies for email and other capture points. Okay, so with those distinctions in mind, this show is all about the fact that we don't have those distinctions, we don't use them. People who design apps also don't use them, apparently, from what I can tell. They don't really, they're not thinking of the big picture, they don't care about how many time demands you have and whether they're potential or actual uh, um, time demands and whether you have automatic or manual capture, they don't care. They are just giving you uh, a, a nice innocuous looking inbox, okay? And we're struggling to stay on top of all of them. So maybe the, the story that Stacy, uh, uh, the story of Stacy may resonate with you a bit. If you have email addresses that maybe one person uses or do you have voicemail that you no longer check? Um, is your spam filter sort of something that you look at now and again, but not regularly? Those three examples are examples in which Stacy's capture points weren't being managed effectively. And that's what caused the problem and, and, and caused all the downstream trouble. So if this relates to you, you're in the right place, you're you're tuned into the right kind of conversation. Um, usually, you know, all of us have kind of a, as a higher level aspiration and why you may be interested in this conversation is that you do want to be seen as someone who handles everything that's important to you. And you want to be seen as someone who handles them in a timely manner, not, not only by other people, although that's a, certainly a part of the whole thing, you want to know yourself as someone that you can be who as someone who can be relied upon as someone who others can trust however those other people are a problem because when you open up an email address for the very first time in gmail or wherever and and then tell the whole world that here's my gmail address Essentially, what you're doing is advertising the fact that you have a public capture point. And what people do with that piece of knowledge is that they now happily start to send you messages. And, you know, back in the day when we got one or two pieces of email per week, 
back in the mid nineties, and when I, when a message came in, it was cause for celebration, right? That capture point had a high signal to noise ratio, right? The the number that were coming in, chances there was a high possibility that actual the conversion from potential to actual was really high, right? If you got two, three emails a month, chances are, back in 1995, all three emails were converted from potential time demands into actual time demands, right? Pretty, pretty good numbers, right? 100% or close to it. Now, I don't know about you, but I get somewhere in the order of 150 to 200 and 20 emails per day and of those if i get 10 i think that are converted to actual time demands in and of themselves then that's probably a high number it's probably an extraordinary day to get that many it's probably a conversation i'll have going with some folks back and forth and that's what creates the actual time demand but today, the signal-to-noise ratio for most people is really low. And that means that we are, you know, we innocuously set up our email addresses thinking probably that, or hoping that we would have a, a nice signal-to-noise ratio and we end up with a lousy one. So the world is almost not cooperating with us. It's like... I created this nice inbox and now it's full of crap. <laughs> I have to deal with the crap. Or do I? We will see. So other people really don't care how many other pieces of email you're getting. Spammers don't care. The newsletters that you signed up for in the last 10 years, those senders don't care. Advertisers don't care. And also, as I mentioned before, the app developers don't care that all the different apps that you have picked up that have their own inbox or their own version of an inbox, they don't care either. So WhatsApp doesn't have an inbox per se, but WhatsApp, a WhatsApp or, or a Telegram account is a capture point. Each one of them, right? Snap, um, Snapchat, a capture point. Um, they're all places where messages can come in and messages come in asynchronously, 24 hours a day, and they are coming, they're unfiltered. They're the people who come in are not, they don't care what else you have coming in. So there's multiple inbox, every email address that you've ever had that's still available or open, their messages coming in there as well. Um, even, um, even chat programs like um, Facebook or, or, or LinkedIn, anywhere that you have a, a, an incoming asynchronous piece of digital messages messaging is a potential time demand and frankly our world you know we now have to battle all the people who want to send us stuff and we have to battle the fact that we are 
we, 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 we open up, a, we join an app, and all of a sudden, we open up the floodgates. So we've exposed ourselves. Or in other words, we've given ourselves, assigned ourselves a job that we never thought we had. So for the case of Stacy and for us, we find ourselves in a bit of a struggle because we now have to manage all these messages. And if we don't do that well, as I hinted at before, our reputation takes a hit. So in some companies, you know, the, the person who replies the email the quickest is seen as being responsive and productive. No, we all know that's kind of, that's crazy. The guy who, who replies the email the fastest is probably doing nothing of any, of any value. But it goes to an expectation that when someone sends you a potential time demand, they expect you to do something with it. They don't expect it to fall through the cracks. You know, Stacy's friend probably expected to get an email back or a call immediately. Especially after she left the voicemail, after she left, after she, you know, after the different things that she tried, she probably passed away being disappointed that Stacy didn't, didn't get back to her. Hmm. So we have a problem. Now, of course, this is an exaggeration, but there's a, the, the, the Stacy stories is an, is an exaggeration, but there's lots of things that are happening in our lives. And we don't have a way to think about this new world that we have set up because we're the ones who set it up, right? It's not what we intended, but it's what we have. And underneath it all, you know, we probably feel feelings of frustration and there's some anxiety and, you know, we're concerned. We're obviously not taught these skills anywhere. We're just muddling our way through hoping that it'll eventually work out. And we don't want to be seen as people who don't care or people who are unreliable or people who are um, incompetent. You know, whatever judgments people may have, you know, uh, the friend's family may have a judgment around Stacy because they know that the friend was trying to reach her and that she never got back to her. They might say, oh, well... I, and have some thought about Stacy um, with respect to it. So, but deep down, you know, we, we, we say to ourselves, there's got to be an, a way to understand this problem, an, an easy way to understand this issue that, that could give us some actual answers. This, is, this should not be this ridiculous situation. It, it shouldn't be... It shouldn't be all crazy. It shouldn't be all random. It, it, there should be language that we could use to attack this problem. Because if we don't, if we don't deal with it, the future is not going to just hand us any nice solutions to this, to this challenge. We can hope that it'll all go away. But what's more likely is that you're, I'm going to be dealing with 300 emails per day five years from now. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna be complaining, <laughs> but I'd need some, I'd need some, some answers. I'd need some way to, to, to manage 
the future, but also now. You know, without it, it means I'm living basically in fear. And I can't do, and you can't do what Stacy did that one time at work with the 10-hour weekend. We call those kamikaze weekends, by the way, where you go in for a weekend just to catch up on digital communication, for example. Sometimes it's paperwork. But you're behind, you go in on your own time, tell the family that you're going to the office, don't call, not to call you, and you spend the whole weekend digging out. Because the truth is, the problem, that, the, the issues that created the problem have not gone away. You've just given up your discretionary time to have a temporary band-aid. Because what comes after that is not, you know, you haven't systematically solved anything. You're just going to basically hope for the best. Because you can't control the volume of email that comes into your inbox. So we'll talk about ways to manage it, but you can't control it. So that approach doesn't work, obviously. And why hasn't why, why why are we talking about this problem? Well, we are talking about it at the level of complaints. So we're complaining about it. But we aren't talking about it at the level of thinking through the systematic solutions that an individual needs to put in place. We aren't even talking about the societal or the corporate kind of solutions either, most companies. It's just a problem with no end in sight. And hopefully from this podcast, you've already gotten that there's some, there's some distinctions you can bring to, the plate, bring, to, bring to the party that could make a difference. And we're going to apply them and see what we can come up with. Um, the 24 hour per day inflow of, you know, of potential time demands, that's not going to, that, that volume, that's not going to stop. It's always going to be 24 hours per day. We thought that was so great when we first encountered it. Now we read our email in the morning with, our, with trepidation because we're like, oh my God, what's, what's the day going to be like? And you know, we, we think that like some some magical solution like Slack, for example, may be the answer. I think by now, if you've been using Slack, you know that it's not. It's it's nowhere near the answer. It's just more of the same problem. Just another capture point from the point of view of what we're talking about. So our goal today is to try to get some traction, to come up with some practices that Stacy could use and so that you could also use. We need, we need some, a little bit of theory. And I've already shared some of the, the, the theory that, uh, that we've worked on here. Um, and, you know, that we, we are, we're looking for a whole new kind of solution, a systematic solution that basically discards the old cleanup and clean up on a weekend and catch up, non-solution. Let's try to go for a real solution. I'm going to assume that you're someone who does want a, a solution to this problem and that as you look to the future, you don't want to just, just surrender, basically. It's what most of us have done. <laughs> Um, so for me personally, I remember, you know, when email was a privilege, I was, you know, I, I, first time I encountered a digital inbox was in college 
where I used to exchange email with my girlfriend. We had, this was the 80s. So there was no real email. This was just a messaging system that she found her on her end and I found on my end. And we found that we could change, exchange messages between colleges. And there was, no, there was no email protocols that were widely used at the time. This was really like one-off IT stuff. And I was not an IT person, but we just happened to know the right people who told us, oh yeah, you can send a message there. Really, it was only the IT departments that were using it. The nerds were using it at that time. Um, I used to be careful about using email. You know, between that time when I we would send one email every two weeks, then I worked for AT&T and we had internal email. Even up to the time when I left, there was no public email. That came two years after I left in about 1995. Um, thereabouts, AOL was the one that everyone, most people got first or CompuServe. Um, back then, for a while, email, you could be very careful about email, manage it, um, make sure you read your messages. Um, and then at some point, I, like everybody else, just kind of gave up and kind of tried, hoped it just didn't matter that I didn't get to all of my email. It was at there's some point of no return at which you and I decided that you, we're not going to process every piece of email, that it's, uh, it's, it's going to come in to the capture point. And we're going to make some wishful thinking and hope that nothing important, no, nothing, no, no actual time demands are actually sitting out there waiting to, to bite us on the butt. But, you know, we, if we were to be honest, I think we would say that we've all had Stacy moments. So our goal here is to reduce these Stacy moments, these, uh, these occurrences where a potential time demand comes in and because we didn't process it and turn it into an actual time demand uh, quickly enough, it led to some disaster. Okay, so solutions. Wow, I mean, the, the, the problem itself is kind of dire. But in the last podcast, in, in, not the last one, the one before, 21, episode 21, I focused on capturing I shared the idea of email being a defect um, and that it's a suboptimal form of communication. That the preferred way to communicate with people is to communicate with them in a live conversation, either on a computer or phone, to have a two-way dialogue and not to have it go asynchronous. So our objective, if you accept that premise, is the to we can't rid ourselves of email if we're planned to hope operate in the real world. But we can reduce it. It's to absolutely reduce the, uh, the volume of email that we receive. How do we do that? Well, let's talk about the capture points. Um, in the last episode 21, I focused on manual capture points. Manual, of course, again, those are the capture points, like a paper pad that you write in. These are, and you always are writing potential time demands, otherwise you wouldn't write them. But the automatic capture points are different because they all have potential time demands, not actual ones, potential ones. So the manual ones always have actuals. The automatic ones always have potentials. So when you read the time demand or you process it, at that moment, 
something triggers in your mind and that triggering is the birth of a time demand. Whether you like it or not, it gets created. You're, you can't, and you can't help but create it. So, and that goes for physical as well as digital. So let's, let's look at some of the different physical capture points that um, exist. So physical automatic capture points. So I mentioned your mailbox, your physical mailbox, the one people send snail mail to. But then there's all these other places where people leave messages for us and expect us to find them. So your chair, your chair in your office, some people like to leave messages on your chair for you or on your, stick it onto a post-it note on your computer your, or leave you a message to say that somebody called. Or your kitchen counter, you know, that's where you leave messages for each other, or the fridge, or you know, wherever your spouse or family members may leave you a message, expectation is that you will see it. Those are all physical capture points. Okay? Now, all right, let's, let's just define, define those. And you could probably think of others. And at some point, you know, after I define a digital capture point, you should probably stop this recording and make a list of all of them, okay? Because you may find a, a, a well, we'll say why in a minute. So a digital capture point are all those places in which potential time demands may arrive from other people, actually, it could come generated automatically by AI nowadays, or a computer, or a, a computer automatically sends you some kind of alert. So uh, a smartphone, of course, is a massive capture point. I'm holding up my smartphone for emphasis. Uh, the apps on that smartphone, whether you focus, whether you think of them as apps like Slack. Um, Instagram, um, direct messages, Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn has its messages, LinkedIn messages, um, messaging services, like I mentioned before, like WhatsApp and, and Telegram, um, and Snapchat all have theirs. There are ways of accumulating potential time demands on your behalf, right? And then there's all these miscellaneous apps that create these inboxes for you that you don't really want. But they force you to accept them because they're built into the software. And if you're going to use the software, you're going to use their inbox because that's how they use it. So whenever I run into these, I, I, I get really upset. I don't want another inbox especially if that inbox doesn't send a notification to my mail email i hate those because they're giving me extra work to do because now i have to go check so of course i could just ignore and hope for the best but is that effective no but the designers of those inboxes as i said before they don't really care Every email 
that you, address that you have ever created and never closed down is a potential place for time demands. Your spam folder, where Gmail or Outlook or whatever program you're using is automatically filtering things are spam messages into some special location. That's a capture point. That's spam inbox. And if you've, you've had the experience of someone sending you an important piece of email, you're looking, 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 it's not coming. There you go, you, or you send them something, you don't know why they haven't gotten it. Finally, you discover that it's in your spam inbox. So managing your spam folder, your junk folder, has now become a new competency, a skill, a necessary skill, because that's just another, it's just another capture point. So you want to be really rigorous here and look around your life for these digital capture points. And if you accept that email is a defect, each message is a defect, uh, a low-quality way of communicating, then the first thing that you should try to do is to eliminate capture points and get rid of them. So what does that mean? Well, it means also going, going back to those email addresses and closing them down. You could also, if, if you need to have a particular email address on a particular kind of server then create a different one but get rid of them so that there's no more time demand potential time demands coming in so that your peace of mind is preserved it's ultimately what we're going for here consolidate them into the smallest number possible so smartphones have been great because you could actually consolidate many capture points into at least the same device if not into the same software at least the same device, you could have messages coming into. So at least you're not saying I have to check the computer over here, I have to check my phone over here, check my tablet over here. At least we're not talking physical locations. The technology has improved to the point where we can at least check them on one device. But that's not, you know, that's not much. So this is the point where I think you should stop, stop this recording and make a list, a rigorous list all the different capture points sms hmm, uh, voicemail boxes as, as, as stacy found out anywhere messages could be sitting with potential time demands all right go ahead stop the video stop the stop the video stop the recording make a list especially look for those ones that could cause you trouble and then come back and welcome back <laughs> so you will always have capture points and in my in my book I make a very big deal of consolidating these capture points into as few automatic and manual but let's focus on automatic into as few automatic capture points as possible so that you can process them effectively and you don't have surprises in um, episode 19, I talked about email, and that's where I introduced the idea of, of defects. Sorry, I made a mistake before. Episode 21 was about capturing 
episode 19 was about email, but in this context, the, all three of them are all very closely um, related to each other. I also talked about notification failures because notifications are also potential time demands. And I talked about that in episode 13. And you need to manage them also. So here we're just focusing on the capture points themselves. But what about the items coming into the capture points? Well, I did focus on that in episode 13. And I said, you need to be filtering as dramatically and as radically and as harshly as possible so that you can reduce the number of you know all those newsletters that you signed up for reduce that number to the minimum and i mentioned a program that i use which creates another capture point but essentially it's moving all of these messages into this all compl completely different capture point the program is called unroll and it sells all my newsletters into one place or my bulk email into a single place. So I treat those as if they are very low probability potential time demands, that there's no one sending me a personal message through those channels. I've separated it out. No, the technology is not perfect. I still have to do a scan, but I'm longing for the day when there's better technology that will separate all bulk email from all personal email and even allow you to, to put in different treatments. Now, there are ways to program Gmail and Outlook to use filters to do these things, but it's extremely time-consuming to do it if you do it on an email, sender-by-email, sender-basis. But you can see what you're trying to do. You're trying to triage the potential time demands so that the ones which have a high signal-to-noise ratio actually make it to, to one of your few chosen capture points and not end up in any of the others so you're 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 being very proactive and aggressive and you've got to use new technology like unroll because there is no way to scale up certain behaviors like for example inbox zero was a great idea introduced by merlin mann and the idea there was that periodically you would work all your email down to email inbox until the point where it's empty so you get rid of all your backlog and get to empty so in the world that we live in today however with a hundred and something most of them are low low potential time demands low they have very low possibility of becoming actual i don't need to read them I don't want to read them. I just want to get the gist through a program like Unroll. So there's a different interpretation we need to apply the idea of inbox zero to today's reality and to the reality going forward. But we need concepts like inbox zero. We just need to apply it to high, high potential time demands, the ones that are likely to turn into actual time demands. We need concepts like that, and we need tools like Unroll. So it's not a case of where you can just set this and then forget it. This is more a case of constant vigilance and ongoing improvement.
because you'll always be sort of in this balance of managing the potential time demands coming in using the best techniques that you can find with the fewest capture points that you can get away with. You're always looking, like I said, you always need to be looking for ways and opportunities to cut down the volume, minimize the capture points, uh, use principles like inbox zero, but then apply them in places where they make sense. You know, the, the, the flip side is that if you don't do this, you're likely to, at some point, tip into overwhelm. Now, I didn't mention that Stacy was in overwhelm per se, but she is experiencing defects in the way that she is managing her messaging. So she had two defects that I mentioned, one with a friend who was, who was ill and needed the surgery, and the other one, something happened in the workplace and her boss reprimanded her because she had another defect there. So the incompetencies that she has in her regular system are, they created these two problems. So as you look at your own life, you may blame the volume of email and you may blame the number of people who are sending you messages and the number of people who keep nagging you. And it, but a more fruitful way to tackle the problem or even to think about it is where do I need to take my practice so that I don't create defects? So for a Stacy, it may mean sitting down and looking at those two defects and getting to the root cause of both of them. And then once she's makes sure that it won't happen again at some level, then going beyond and saying, okay, how do I prepare myself for a world in which, and that's another level. So I don't be ever become a victim or I don't ever have defects like this happen again. That's a whole other level. And I invite you to, to think about the problem of capture points from that point of view, because we're talking about the moving target folks. If I do this, the same podcast episode, the same focus, if I do it two years from now, I probably have a whole bunch of new things to say because things are always moving and they're changing. So jump on the new technology, find the new ideas, use concepts like the ones that I've shared today, mix and match them to think about the way you need to tackle your email. So final assignment, think about the last defect that you experienced related to uh, your capture points and what was the cause of it? So I know it's, it's tricky to think about defects in this way but if you think of a defect as a, an unwanted result that failed to meet a particular standard bam defect and that defect can take you to a place where you can make improvements in which that kind of problem won't happen again and that's worth that's worth the price of admission <laughs> in this case of this podcast. And I hope you do take it on and actually do stop, you know, stop, pause, make that list of, of capture points, automatic and manual, be extremely rigorous and, you know, go looking in your email to see where, where, 
where are these messages coming from, the notifications. Look at your apps. Where do I, where am I ignoring a whole bunch of, of, of capture points? Make that list and then think about past defects and go back to the source. The trust system has been useful to you. I know there's a lot of brand new language in here and a whole bunch of new uh, concepts. Um, and I, I, I would love to hear from you. If you could share with me um, through any of the channels that I have mentioned uh, on my website um, that are mentioned in the show notes, just send me back a message to let me know your thoughts and whether this was useful to you or not. And keep listening. There is more coming up about our next episode here at the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast. Keep listening. Thinking of attending the next Task Management and Time Blocking Virtual Summit? Here's a 25% instant saving on your purchase of any ticket or content package. Simply visit timeblockingsummit.info slash subscribe dash to dash podcast. And here's a clip from our next episode. Continue sometime because reaching flow is is a goal, is is an achievement, is a, as as you mentioned, is a self uh, fulfilling, is uh, is endorphins, is dopamine, is, is a lot of chemicals inside. So, of course, you want to stay in that moment, but uh, then you 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 are either interrupted or. And if you want to leave a comment about this episode or any aspect of the work that we're doing here at the. Uh, task management and time blocking podcast, you can go over to www.replytofrancis.info and send me either a message uh, by text or send me a voice message, a voice note. And as you probably know, we have a couple of places that you can interact with other people, talk about this episode. One is at the community, mightytaskers.scheduleu.org and you'll see the link in the show notes. And the other, of course, is our upcoming Task Management and Time Blocking Summit coming up in March. Two outstanding opportunities to interact with other people about the ideas that you've heard on this podcast or any of our episodes that are coming up. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing, I invite you to click on the Patreon link below to make a donation. And please don't forget to like our show and recommend it to others on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, or whatever past podcast, app, or service you're using. This is Francis Wade. I'm signing out. I hope to see you on a future episode. And until then, take care and all the best. See you later.